0: Hey guys, we're so excited to share this message with you on the Center Set Podcast. My name is Ethan and I lead worship here at Center Set. We'd love for you to download our app so that you can keep up with all that is happening in our community. Text Center Set to seven seven nine seven seven to download. If we have not met, my name is Ali and uh, my wife and I, we started Center Set four years ago with a simple dream. And I'm telling you, we got a, a, a fun service. And we remain thinking, I'm about to read God's word and we just want to honor God with the reading of God's word today. We have a fire sermon, and if we haven't, you haven't met. This is Pedro over here. People ask Pastor Ali why is the name Pedro? Because we had a lot of Asians, his name would be Mr. Choi, but we have a lot of Hispanics, so his name is Pedro. And trying to, trying to honor the the culture that we're in, and uh, we are in a collection of talks titled "Happier Than Ever," and uh, this is our probably our most popular collection of talks that we do every single year. It's all about relationships. Some of you are like. Pastor Ali, I've never been in a relationship. COVID doesn't even want me. Don't worry. This is, this is for single people. This is for people who are dating. This is for people who are, it's complicated. It's all of those people. And um, if you see the script on the, the verse on the screen, someone say amen. The title of the collection talks about happier than ever. And, and Genesis 1 verse 26 says this. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image. Someone say image. And in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind. In his own image. Someone say image. image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky or every living creature that moves on the ground. I, I got a crazy sermon today. And I believe it's going to change some of you. And it's one of those sermons, I'm just going to let you know it. It's not, it's not like five things you got to do. But if you get the foundation of today, the next four weeks are going to change all of your relationships. So whether you're single, whether you're dating, whether you're married and wish you were single, <laughs> let's be honest, we've we people like that in the room. I'm believing God's going to speak to us. Amen? Amen. So let's pray because God's going to do more with, with his voice than what I could do with mine. Jesus, we need you tonight. God, thank you for all the hard dream team that made all of this possible. They set up. They came early. They're doing amazing things, God, for you to allow you, Holy Spirit, to to come do your thing. Where you bring dead people back to life. God, we didn't come to study you. We came to experience you, Jesus. We came in one way, God, but we want to leave another. We believe, God, that we're going to hear your voice tonight. You're going to speak to the brokenness of our marriages, the brokenness of our, maybe our relationships with other people, Jesus. We are in God that you're going to transform us. You're going to change us on the inside out. And if you believe that, everybody said? Amen. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. We are a loud church. You may be seated. You may be seated. And I'm going to do something that I've never done before. And uh, so I have a collection of talks. I think every year I'm going to start this new tradition. Uh, I'm going to read love letters from little kids. Uh, nine-year-olds. These are kids in elementary school. And the reason why is because kids are, they keep it real. They keep it 100%, right? Uh, I remember when I was a little kid growing up, we had relatives call, and my dad didn't want to talk to them. i be like, uh, let, me go, let me go get my dad. And I'm like, Dad, Uncle Joe is, wants to talk to you. He's like, tell him I'm not here. I'm like, for some reason, my dad wants me to tell you that he's not here. Because <laughs> why? Because kids keep it real, right? Uh, my daughter, she's two. She's three, actually. And and every time we go somewhere and she eats something, whether it's a relative or like someone really important, if she doesn't like the food, she'll tell you to your face, yucky, this is nasty. Right? I'm like, no, she wants seconds. No. Because parents, we got to teach our kids to be fake. And these love letters, I'm telling you, they keep it 100. And that, that's really my challenge to you today. will you be honest? Someone say, be honest. Because if we're going to grow as a community, if you're going to grow in your relationships, you got to Be honest. Look at this first love letter. Um, Valentine's Day is cool. You are too, but you can be better. <laughs> you can be better. Yeah, he lo- I love it. He, he's showing love. He, this eight-year-old created this card. He affirms her. You're awesome, but you can be better. <laughs> you can be better. Uh, go to the next card. Uh, Dear Ashley. Would you please be my girlfriend? Remember, Anyone remember this in elementary school? Yes, no, maybe? Come on now. Still alive and well. Please, please put yes or no or maybe. He's giving her instructions. And then she says, the bottom half is her. says, I'm sorry. I already have a boyfriend, Kyle blank. I can't put the name there, right? But whenever we break up, you're my next choice. She's got insurance on her relationship. Most people have insurance on their car, on life insurance. She's got boyfriend insurance. And then I love the PS. PS, that will probably be in a month or two. She's keeping it real. I love this girl, but she definitely needs counseling. Come on. Let's go to the third one. I love this one because he's so honest. You are a beautiful human being, but I'm not good at drawing because he's honest. But I drew you a potato instead, but a very beautiful potato. Love it. Give it him 100. This next one, every man is going to be like, it's my boy right there. <laughs> You're going to feel this one. Dear Jessica, I have, I have a couple of questions. Would it be early to start holding hands? Come on. He doesn't know what to do. This is obviously his first girlfriend. Am I at the, po- am I at the honey point yet? <laughs> then number three, let me know if I'm rushing you, Okay. And then I love this next part. Thanks for saying yes. Uh, I usually get the uh, I get no way. Are you stupid? I already have a boyfriend. Or sometimes I get blank. Uh, too shy to ask a girl out. Love Jonathan. I love. Listen. I don't know if I love his logic more or his handwriting. Look at that signature. It's amazing. And then on the bottom part, every husband's gonna be like, Oh my gosh, I feel this kid. Says P.S. I haven't had a lot of girlfriends yet, but just. Teach me what to do and what not to do, please. That is literally every husband. What do you want for Christmas? Because I don't know. You know there's a saying in our culture, fake it until you make it. Husbands, we fake it because we're never going to make it. (laughs) This kid is keeping it 100. And this last one, and we'll transition out of here. It's hard to read. I'll read it to you. Do you like me? Yes or no? And then she writes, I don't know. I don't know myself yet. Plus, I'm under a lot of stress at home. I can't tell. I love this last part. P.S., you don't know yourself until you're 18. Some of you are 28, and you still don't know yourself. Some of you are 38, and you still don't know. And you got to be real. Someone say, be honest. honest. And so I want to talk about what are the foundation that we need for all of our relationships And I really, the title of my sermon and the question I want you to ask yourself is this. What are you looking for? What are you looking for in your relationship? Honestly. Turn to your neighbor and say, be honest. honest. Turn to your other neighbor and say, be honest. honest. What are you looking for? And often what we think is what we're looking for is really where we are in our relationships. Where we are on the spectrum. So if you're single, on the screen, if you're single, you think you're looking for a person. Oh, I I need to find that person. I I have two sisters. I got two daughters. I know how girls think. They'll see a guy. They'll they'll daydream about the wedding. Oh, my gosh, we're going to have beautiful kids. It's going to be amazing. What's his name? I don't know yet. I I need to talk to him. Because you already go there, right? Because you're focused on a person. And I love girls, especially Christian girls. I'm not trying to pick on anyone. Don't get angry. But your list is so specific. He's got to be 6'2". He's got to, he's got to have a job, right, at, at this place. He's got to have, have this kind of bank account. And his name has to start with a J. Because my name starts with a J. Because <laughs> all of our kids need to have it start with a J, right? And then you're single for like five years. And what happens? You, instead of wanting him to know God, he just needs to spell God. Instead of understanding the cross, he just needs to like, own a cross. Tattooing is okay, good, right? And, you're, and, you're, and what you think you're looking for when you're single Is a person now? When you're dating, what you think you're looking for is advice. You've been chasing this person. You've been looking for this person your whole life, like a dog who chases a fire engine. You finally caught it, and they're like, "What do I do now? I I met Bay. Life's amazing. How do we transition to the next phase? How do we do life?" And you're looking for advice to make sure the relationship goes well and builds well. You think you're looking for advice. Now, maybe maybe you're married. And you just want some feelings, right? Because you got some for the partner, right? You wanna make them feel some stuff, right? And you oversalt their food. I don't know why it tastes so bad. I don't know. Because you don't like them sometimes because they're a roommate. And they're not romantic anymore the way they used to be. They don't pursue the way they used to. And sometimes you're like, can we be more than business partners? And can I feel something? Because I'm not feeling anything. And you think what you're looking for. When you're married, it's feelings. And this last category, don't put on the screen yet, is, oh, too late. <laughs> it's it a category I've never spoken to as a church, but because of COVID, I have to. COVID did some things to a lot of our relationships. A lot of loved ones passed away, or one is still here and one's gone. COVID broke some relationships. A lot of people are, are divorced that they didn't want to be. So I got to speak into not just the singles and the dating and the married, but the widows and the divorce and what you think you're looking for, because now the person's gone, is purpose. And what I would challenge you is that every person, no matter where you are on the spectrum, on this relationship spectrum, you think you're looking for those things, but you're not. Because what you're really looking for is these three things. To be seen, to be known, and to be loved. That's actually what you're looking for. And 90% of your problems in your relationships would be solved if you got these things. If you were seen, if you were known, and you were loved. And uh, point number one, if you're taking notes, super simple, follow along, is everyone needs to feel seen. Someone say, seen. seen. And what I want to do is I, I need some audience participation. So when I point to you, so I'm going like, to give you some examples. I'm going to theologically build a case. And every time I point to you, you need to say, seen. seen. Okay, a little bit louder. It's like... 50, 60 people here. There you go. We're a loud church. Amen? Notice I did not write you need to be in a, in, a, in a romantic relationship. Notice I didn't say you need to be married. You need to be seen. And so often what we feel like is we are invisible. Like Pedro here or Pablo, whatever his name is and we feel invisible. What does it mean to be feel invisible? It means you give your best, you do your best and you're still unacknowledged, you're still not praised. Only the valedictorian victorian gets the, the the ribbon on his on his thing. Only the MVP gets the trophy. But you still put in effort but no one sees your hard work, no one praises you and you feel invisible. What does it mean to be feel invisible for some of the ladies is that you put on your best clothes, you comb your hair and, and boys don't look at you because everyone looks at the prettiest girl. And so you feel invisible. You don't you don't feel like you ever measure up. And there's this intrinsic desire inside of you, this desire to be seen. And, and what's crazy is that, is, is that sometimes we think, oh, Pastor Allie, that, that's just our brokenness. That's just our family environment. My, my dad wasn't there. Maybe my mom never came to my Little League games. Because it's, it's, we, we, we grew up in two homes. I'd be with mom on, during the week and dad during the weekends. And, and because we weren't both there, that's why I'm this way. I, I was never fully affirmed as a kid. Some of you think it's maybe, maybe it's because of your gender or your skin color. Maybe I, I was never appreciated. I was never valued. Maybe in a male-dominated culture, I, I wasn't valued the way that other people are. And so you feel invisible. Maybe it's because of finances. All your friends are rich, and maybe your parents weren't. Maybe it was that bully in school who always made you feel small. Maybe, maybe it was because of Susie. When you wrote yes, no, maybe, she said no, Right? Maybe that's why you feel small. And those are all good reasons, sin, your parents, money, your skin color. But I would argue from the scriptures that the reason that you feel that way, the reason why you have this need to be seen but feel invisible is because you were created to be seen. You were created to be seen. And Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 says, so God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. When you were created in the image of God. And in the same way that an artist, when he paints a painting, when he, when he writes it out, and he, paints, he doesn't hide it in the closet, he puts it on the wall. Because art is to be seen. When God created you, you are his workmanship. He's the master builder when he created you. He didn't hide you. He put you on display so that you can be? You were created to be seen. You were cre- and and what, what's crazy is that one of the, the best ways theologically I can explain this is, is that you are a mirror. And I want to use the light from the light to show into you. And so there's this light that comes from heaven and you are a mirror and you were designed to reflect the glory. I know some of you are like, oh my gosh, I hate you, Pastor Alley. I'll do it this way. But the glory of God, the one that created you, you were supposed to shine him to the world. But what happened is sin happened, and every person in this room, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, instead of glorifying God, you now glorify yourself, and you now shine. This is why some of you are creative. When people see, oh, my gosh, you you dress so well, you you design things so well, and when they see your creativity, they're supposed to glorify who? The creator who is creative. And when they see your creativity, they're supposed to praise his creativity. When they see your intelligence, it's not so that you pump your chest, I'm so smart, no, no, no. You're supposed to glorify the one who gave you the intelligence because you're a reflection of God being intelligent. When you have compassion, you love people when other people don't. When you want to serve the broken and the widow, the, 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 those who are marginalized, why do you have love for those that other people don't? Because God loves those that are far from him. And that compassion in you is supposed to reflect the compassion. that comes, Why? Because you're a mirror. You're supposed to reflect w- what is really about him. But because we're sinful... Because we're broken, we reflect ourselves. The New Testament says it like this: Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your shine before others that it may that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You were made to be seen. You are created to be seen. And you weren't s- s- created to show off how strong, how intelligent you are. You were created to reflect the goodness, the intelligence, the creativity of the creator. But because of our brokenness, now we have this de- desire to be seen, but we now we do it for ourselves. And from the very first relationship that you've had, whether you had never, never had a boyfriend or not, the very first relationship, you've wanted to be seen. Not from Bay or your boy, up from mommy and poppy, and I'll prove it to you. I, my daughter, she's right now. She's in a season of life where she's getting potty trained, and uh, she will literally leave the bathroom, pants on the ground, butt cheeks clapping down. She walks around the hall, "Dad, Dad, I just went to the potty." <laughs> Why? Because she wants to be seen. she wants to be seen. I didn't teach her that. That's inside of her. And every morning, I'll pick out an outfit for her. And this is my wife's dress. I couldn't get one of my kids' dresses. And I'll change my kids in the morning. And Zoe, Sophie will change herself because she's six. Zoe's three. She needs help. I'll put on her underwear. I'll put on a dress. And without fail, I don't even need to tell her. She'll jump off the couch and run. Mommy could be sick, dying of pneumonia. She'll open the door. Mom, look at my outfit. Because she wants to be seen, seen, seen. And maybe, though, may- maybe that-, that doesn't relate to you. Maybe, though, like me as a kid growing up, you-, you wanted to be seen through academics. That's when I knew I could be seen in my family. I remember when I came home in middle school with straight A's. My mom put it on the fridge. Maybe it was high school. And my mom didn't put my sister's grades on the, on the thing. She put mine. So every time I got Cocoa Pup- Puffs, I'm like, oh, that's, that's me right there, right? And every time my sister got it, she had to see my greatness. Come on. And and the reason why I loved that being there is because I I was able to be seen. But there's a dark side to it, right? I I knew. To do that, you'll need to be online. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I need to be online. I don't know what just happened. To do that. No. I won't touch that again. But there's a dark side to wanting to be seen. It created a perfectionist in me. I never, I have not stopped working since middle school because I know if I work hard, I perform, and I get good grades, and I do well, I'm going to be seen. And there's a dark side to wanting to be seen because you're earning your love. You're achieving it. You're working for it. And maybe, maybe academics, maybe academics is not your thing. Maybe, maybe it's, oh, you're like Ethan, a musician, right? And uh, praise God, some of you are musically talented. We're always looking for musicians. And and maybe, maybe you, you wanted to play the guitar and you love that you were so good at it. But really, it was deeper than that. You love that everyone paid attention to you. I don't know if this is going to work. I'll just leave it there. Hopefully it stays. And you learn from a young age that if you used your musical instruments, you would be Scene. But maybe, maybe, maybe music is not your thing. Maybe, maybe uh, uh, achieving good grades is not your thing. Maybe you're a fashionista, right? You're an Instagram influencer. You're always trying to look fresh, right? This is why, it's why you glue on your eyelashes and you, come on now, you, you thread your mustache away and get your nails did and your hair did and and you're always trying to look good. Why? Because you want to be seen. seen. Can I press in a little bit? Ladies, can I, can I go there? Yeah. Do I have permission? Yeah. Don't be angry. <laughs> I, I, need, I, need, I need to see verbal agreement. Your hand is up. I, I can go there. Okay, I, enough hands. This is why our v-necks go down to our belly buttons. Come on. It's why our skirts keep going higher and higher. It's why your jeans are so tight. If we put a penny in your back pocket, we know what year it was. <laughs> why do we do that? Because you want to be seen. seen. And can I pick on the guys for a second so you don't feel I'm an equal opportunity offender? <laughs> this is why guys, come on now. It's why we work out. Listen to me. Because <laughs> wh- why do men today need to go to the gym? Everything is electronically powered. <laughs> you don't need to. Protection. We have guns, bro. What are you talking about? And what I find hilarious, the more a man works out, the smaller his shirts get. Some of the men in this room, you go to the kids section to buy your shirts. I'm not going to call names out, but I want to. Come on. Why? This is why girls, they do squats at the gym. I love, demons love squats. You love squats because you want a big booty. Because you want to be seen. And we got to realize God created you. You were created in his image. You were born. It's in your DNA to reflect his glory. But because of brokenness, you reflect your own. But that desire didn't go away. I wrote down like this. It's not vanity. It's divinity. You need to understand this for your relationships. It's not vanity. It's divinity. It's divinity. Give me me some, some more fun examples. Maybe... Maybe you're here, and maybe it wasn't the, 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 the guitar, or it wasn't the report card, or, or being swole like Arnold. Maybe you were an athlete, right? Maybe it was soccer. Maybe it was basketball, and you were faster than the other kids. You could throw the ball further than the other kids, and you loved to be But then something happened in high school, and then someone can dunk the way that you couldn't dunk, they could throw the ball faster than the way that you could throw faster. And what, what was crazy is you didn't just get passed up by a friend on your team. You lost your identity because now you were no longer being seen. Everyone was looking at that guy who could do those things that you couldn't do because you, you, were, you were performing for love because you wanted to be seen. And maybe it wasn't sports. Maybe maybe you were the class clown. Come on. Let me see if this one not work. Yeah. Pablo looks good today. Number one, you do the wee-woo, wee-woo. <laughs> Come on. I watch Instagram. May I ever wonder why people are always the class clown? Every school and every culture does, oh, Why? Because he knows he can't get it with sports. He can't get it with his looks. He can't get it with academics or a guitar. He gets it with jokes. Why? Because deep down, all of us want to be seen. seen. Especially in Silicon Valley, man, Woo. we we are workaholics here. We we want to be CEO. That's why I work ten-hour days, five days a week. That's why it's not enough if I make a hundred grand. I want to make two or three hundred. So I, I want the title. I want the position. I want the RSUs. I want the glory. I want you to look at me the same way that we, we look at Fortune Magazine, thirty under thirty or forty under forty. All those amazing people. I want to be on that list because it's not enough that I make a lot of money. I need the title. Because that makes me feel seen. seen. And this is why some of us, we never stop going to school. Because a bachelor's not enough. A master's not enough. It's No, no, it's not Pastor Alley. It's Dr. Alley. <laughs> Don't have a doctor. You can, but you can call me that if you love I love that. <laughs> it's Dr. Alley. And what do we do when we have the CEO title and we have the doctor title? When we begin to buy, oh, my gosh, this is why all the husbands in the room are going to, oh, yes, you're going to feel this pain. Your wife needs the Gucci bag or the, or the Louis Vuitton, right? Why? This is that. I know it doesn't look like that, but it's that. <laughs> Why doesn't your wife want a Nike bag? Why doesn't she want the Target bag? Because she wants the GG because that makes her feel seen, seen. <laughs> it's the truth. it got nothing to do with the, the functionality of the bag, Because you and I, no matter who we are, all of us, we want to be seen. seen. And you know what happens when we buy this stuff that we can't afford to impress people we don't like because we don't understand ourselves because we want to be seen and we think the Gucci bag is going to help us. We begin to go into the bondage of debt, buying things we can't afford to impress people we don't like with money we don't even have. All with a desire because we want to be Seen. 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 We got anything else up here? Let me just make sure. No, that's everything right there. I never thought I'd say this, but it's actually, I'm thankful for social media. Do you know why? Because when we when we have social media, I don't have my phone, but what we do is we take pictures, put it on the gram, right? We want people to see our hat. We want people to see our, our, our CEO title. We want them to see them, you know, our, our athletic ability, our Gucci bag. We want them to see our musical talents. And what's so funny about Instagram is, They give you the impression of love. It's the heart, right? But they don't really see you for who you really are. They see you who you show the world who you are. Because Pablo, before he came out here, he didn't have anything on him. Who are you if you're not a musician? Who are you if you're not an athlete? You never show people that side of you. Which is why it's not enough for you to be seen. Point number two, everyone needs to feel known. Indeed, to feel known. And the danger of social media is that you're giving people a presentation of who you want them to think that you are, but it's not really who you are. Because you know who you are, and they don't love the real version of you, so you know that love is fake. What I find so interesting, though, is the way that the Bible describes sex the very first time, it doesn't use the word sex. Genesis chapter uh, 4, verse 1. Now, Adam, what's that word? knew his wife. Are they playing a game, Pastor Allie? No, no, let's see what they're really doing. And she conceived and bore Cain. And if you think this is a game, believe me, it ain't a game. Well, if it is a game, I want to play this game tonight with my wife. Huh? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Verse 25. We're in church. Come on. If you think this is awkward, uh, I'm going to tell you, March 27th, we're talking about sex. You definitely want to come for that one. Verse 25. And Adam knew his wife again. And she bore a son, and she called him Seth. The Bible uses, doesn't use the word sex. It uses the word known. Because when you have intimacy with someone, when you really know who they are, typically you're supposed to have sex naked. Some people don't. I don't know why. But, but it's when you take everything off. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. It's when you remove this facade of who you are, Right? You don't hide behind the lashes. You don't hide behind the jokes. You don't hide behind the, the tight shirt or the dress or the, the purse, and you show them who you really are. That's what intimacy is. And what's crazy is there was a study on the New York Times where they discovered who are the, the couples that are having the best sex. Is it the newlyweds who just got married, and they're, like, they're not leaving their house you know, for the first couple of weeks? Is it, is it the fit couple? Because they look good, they're going to be great in bed too. Is it the polymorphous relationships, the people that are like open relationships? Are, they, are those the ones that are having the best sex? Is it the ones that are wealthy? Is it the ones that are the smartest? Do you know who's having the best sex? 60-year-old people. You will never look at your parents the same. Come on. <laughs> Why? Because the longer you know someone, the greater the intimacy. Even though what you see is not what it used to be, the sex becomes better the more you know someone. And the truth is, sex is a metaphor for intimacy. Are you willing? Do you know that about yourself? Sometimes we we, we want just like a good Friday. God wants you to have a good legacy. And there's this desire that all of us have to be seen and to be known. And will you show people who you are without the hat, without the, the jokes? And that's the real you. And that's the person that God wants to change and, and transform. And I wonder though, when you're in a relationship, do you let the person truly know who you are? Because that's that's where relationships fail. And it, are you hiding part of yourself? For single people, if I can challenge you, do, are you are you sharing your dreams with that person you're dating? I, I remember there was a couple in our church first year they were with us year one. They got divorced, unfortunately, because she didn't want kids and he did. They never talked about their dreams. Are you tell, Do you want to live in a city or do you want to live on a farm, right? Do you want five kids or do you want no kids? Are you, are you talking about your dreams? Because it's important. The second thing I'd say, if, if you're single and dating, are you talking about your weaknesses? Things that are holding you back from showing you your real stuff. Often we do these things because... We're trying to hide the brokenness that's inside of us. People always ask me, how long should I date someone, Pastor Alley? Until you see their weakness, because everyone has it. The question is not if they have their weakness. The question is, can you live with their weakness? Can you live with their weakness? How do I do that, Pastor Ali? Date them long enough until you see them get angry. Date them long enough until you see them lose their temper. How do they respond in stressful situations? How do they respond when they don't get their way? How you want to see their weakness and go? Can I live with that? Can I live with that? Third thing I would say: If you're single dating, their past. You want to know their past. How are they wounded by their parents? How are they wounded by a past lover? The more you know their past, the more you get to know them. And everyone needs to be seen, and everyone needs to be known. And for married people. Married people, sometimes being married can feel like a business. You have a roommate who helps pay the bills, who helps run the house, who helps raise kids, but often the relationship dies because there's no feelings. Ask them, how are you feeling today? Not what are you doing today? How are you feeling? How are you feeling? Second thing I'd ask is uh, this identity question. There's a book uh, we're going to do this, uh, it's a great transition. Every every collection of talks every year, we, we kind of give do a book giveaway. And this week, I want to give away the book, uh, Meaning of Marriage by Tim Keller. Every week, we'll give one away. Meaning of Marriage, how can I get it? It's free 99. you got to fill out a Connect card, a physical Connect card, and I'll pick one at random and give it to you. But you got to fill it out. In the book, he talks about how he has been married for 40 years. But it's felt to the same woman, by the way. But it's felt like he's been married to six different women. Because his wife kept changing. I can tell you that I've tell i been married eight, going on nine. My wife has changed twice. When we first got married, it was all about her creative juice coming out. We sacrificed so much so that she can get a camera and be a wedding uh, stylist and photographer. And she was crushing. She would make in one day what I'd make in two weeks. I'm like, girl, you keep doing this. Wedding seven days a week. Let's do it. Come on. But there was this creativeness that needed to come out of her. Now that she's a pastor, there's a prophetic gift that needs to come out of her. I'm trying to get her to preach more. I'm trying to get her to do a podcast. There's something inside of her. It's, it's, it's a different wife. One wants to do photos. One wants to preach. And I'm finding out, who are you? That's the identity question. How have you changed? I wrote it down like this. How, are you so locked into the idealized version of your spouse that you propose to that you're not willing to invest in time to meet the new person that they've become? Your wife, your spouse, your husband has changed. My wife has twice. Are you willing to change with them? Are you willing to love this new person? And lastly, this is the part that so many people don't realize keeps us from being known is our secrets. Pablo has some secrets. He used to be called Petey Pablo. (laughs) And secrets are, are the part that We hide. The addiction that we have that we don't want people to know. It's the porn addiction that we're not even willing to tell our spouse. It's the part of us that, that maybe we made a mistake in college and we won't even talk about it anymore. And we we think it what happened there stayed there, but it, it comes with us, and we've never told anyone. And that you're only as sick as your secrets. The Bible says in First John one nine it says that if you confess your sins to God, He is faithful and just, and you will be forgiven. But in James chapter 5, verse 16, it says, if you confess your sins to one another, you're healed. And there's a you you will definitely be forgiven, but there's a healing and a freedom that won't happen alone. You were created for community to be known by someone. And some of the what's heartbreaking in marriages when there are secrets. That you flirt, but you can't tell her why you do that. And that you have this addiction that you, you can't explain. And the real reason why we hide and we have secrets is we think that if they see me for who I really am, if they know me for who I really am, they won't love me. And what we're really longing for someone to see our ugliness, all of our brokenness, and say, I still love you. And I'm praying over the next three or four weeks that some of you couples would have that conversation, that you have the courage to say, I've been hiding some stuff from you, and I I need you to love me even in my darkness because I have a desire to be seen and I have a desire to be known. But it's not enough. This is the third thing. Third thing. Number three is everyone needs to feel loved. Loved. And what's crazy is that even though we were created to be loved, we were designed, that, that, that is our purpose. To be loved, not to be a CEO, not to be an athlete, not to be a fashionista. You were created to be loved. We can't be loved until we're fully known, but we hide who we are. So we only show people our IG version of ourselves. So because we never show people who we really are, we'll never be fully known, which means we'll never be fully loved. Let me say that again. Because we don't show people who we really are, we'll never put that person on Instagram. We'll never put the addicted person on IG. Maybe after we're free, but not during it. Because we're never willing to show people who we really are, which means we'll never be... It's okay. It's fine. Just throw it on the ground. Thank you. Because we're not willing to show people who we really are. We'll never be known, which means we'll never be loved and The bigger problem is that most of us don't realize is, even though God created us in his image, when the mirror pointed up and we were reflecting the goodness and glory of God, that hole didn't exist. This is why the most successful people are still unsatisfied. That's why Michael Jackson needed sleeping pills. He had... Hundreds of millions of followers. Hundreds of millions of dollars. And the guy needed pills to go to bed at night. That's why Jim Carrey says, I wish everyone would become rich and famous so they know that doesn't satisfy. Because we think those things, that money, that job, that car, that house, that, 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 that those biceps will satisfy. No, you, you, you know what satisfies you? To be seen, to be known, and to be loved. And what breaks most relationships is they don't know they have this hole in their heart. I wrote down like this. Two people with holes in their hearts, don't make one whole person. You keep going to the other person saying, fill me, complete me. I know you watch Jerry Maguire. No, she does not complete you. She does not complete you. 90% of our problems, because we don't realize that hole, is to be seen, known, and loved. I think you know where I'm going with this. What's the solution, Pastor Allie? Number one, God sees you. God sees you. Psalm 39, verse 13. For you were created, for you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Your eyes saw me in my mother's womb. Before you ever ran a race, before you ever sang a song, before you ever became CEO, God saw you. And I wish all this stuff was still on him. I'd rip it off. Because before the foundation, before the report card, before all of it, God saw that person. God saw the person that, before anyone else. And when did he see you? He saw you in your mother's womb. He saw you before success and failure. God saw you. But it's even better. Number two, God knows you. Jeremiah 1 verse 4, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Behold, I have formed you in the womb. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. What I love is before you had secrets, God knew you were going to have those secrets. Before you ever achieved success, God also knew about the failures. God's the only one who sees you like Pablo right here. And he knows you, not just the good parts of you. He knows the bad parts of you. And he's the only one listening that can say, I see your addiction. I see your anger problem. I see the abortion. I see the greed. And I still love you which is number three. God loves you. And it's usually here that there's like two people in the room, right? There's a person who just came to Christianity and they're like, oh my gosh, my mind is blown. God sees me, God knows me, God loves me. That's awesome. And there's the other person who's been a Christian for a long time. and Like, you didn't tell me anything new, Pastor Ali. Come on. God, of course I know God sees me of course I know God knows me what's the solution no 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 no. that's, that's the problem is that you keep thinking a relationship is going to fix this and only God can because I wrote it out like this there's a difference between knowing God loves you and grasping the love of God See, we can quote John 3.16, for God so loved the world. I know he loves people, but do you know that even if you were the only one that God died for, even if you were the only one that was gonna accept him, he still would have died for you. God so loved Pablo that he gave his one and only son. Could you change John 3.16 to your name? That God so loved me that he gave, his only, even if I was the only one. Because listen, the, the demons know God's love, but only Christians can grasp it. And the Bible even says the angels look longingly to the gospel. 1 Peter chapter 1, because they were not forgiven. They don't sing about the blood and the resurrection. Angels are not forgiven. You and I are forgiven and redeemed. There's a part of the love of God that even angels don't understand, but you and I do. Do you know that God loves you? I didn't say no. I said no. I said no. That's why we talk about it all the time. God is not a person to be experienced, or studied. He's a person to be experienced. And one encounter with Him will change everything. And how does this change your relationships? Let me tell you, when you're single and you get this from God before you meet bae, you don't want the other person to complete you because you're already complete. You're already complete. People say, Pastor, I got needs. What do you mean I'm complete with with Jesus? I got sexual needs. Listen, what you really need is water and food, okay? Let's be real. No one ever died because they didn't have sex. Oh my gosh! Did you hear what happened to Johnny on, on work on Monday? Go walking between off meetings, and he exploded. How? Pfft, coroner says he didn't have sex. That that has never happened, okay? But what, that's what we say. I need it. No, you want it. You need the love of God because you can't live without it. And when you're complete, when you're single you're not looking for the other person to complete you because you already got it. Married people. He, he or she doesn't fill my needs. Why are you asking God to meet your needs when when only God can meet those needs? Why are you asking him to do what only God can do? You, Jerry Maguire says, you complete me. Jesus says, I do. And divorce people. If I can speak to you, part of you feels like you lost purpose. That That person is gone now. I don't have purpose in my life. I don't know what direction in my life. God is. Because before you were in your mother's womb, it didn't say that that person knew you, but God did. So married or single, you have purpose because the creator, he made you in his image to be seen, to be known, and to be loved. And bow your heads and close your eyes. I want to pray for you real quick. God, thank you so much that this room is full of people that needed to hear that you see us, that you know us, and that you love us. Thank you, God, for the single people in this room, God, that they may, may they come to you, Jesus, and be filled. May they come to you and ask you to fill that brokenness in their heart, that hole that we all have, God, that hole that we think sex, that we think drugs, that we think money, that we think success, that we think fame, that we think a body, that we think a car, that we think muscles will fill, but only the love of God can fill it. i got kind of to pray for the married people in this room, but they've lost that love and feeling. They've lost that passion and that romance, and they're waiting for their spouse to play that, that role, but you're the God that pursues us. You're the God that runs after us. You're the one that got down on one knee and said, I want to be your God. Would you be my people? Pray, Jesus, for those in this room that are widowed and divorced, that feel like they have no purpose. God, they have purpose in you. They were made in your image. They were made to glorify you, Jesus. Thank you, God, and you give us hope in our relationships. I just feel led to pray for some of you that maybe have never started a relationship with Jesus. You've never taken that first step of faith with God. You've never said, He's my Lord and Savior. And let me quickly give you the gospel that 2,000 years ago, God became a man in the person of Jesus. Fully God. Fully man. Both at the exact same time. Not 50-50, 100% man. God. And this God who became a man lived a sinless and perfect life. In all the ways that you and I fell short, in all the ways that our mirror was broken and pointing down, Jesus' mirror always glorified the Father. Everything he did was to glorify the one who had sent him. He was the perfect mirror that pointed up and you and I were the mirror that pointed down. And on the cross, he did this beautiful exchange. Our mirror was broken broken and he became broken so that our mirrors could be healed. He died the death that you and I should have died so that you and I can now live the life that he deserved to have. And if you want a relationship with Jesus, it's so simple. You just acknowledge your sin, that I have not lived a life that is pleasing to God. You, you repent of your sin, turn and come to Jesus and just believe in your heart that his death is enough for you. That the work of a Christian is not doing anything but simply believing. Let me, with every eye closed and every head bowed, that's you. And you want to pray this prayer with me. On the count of three, would you just be willing to raise your hand? One, two, three. Amen. 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 Put your hands down and just pray this prayer. Thank you, Jesus, that you love me, that you made me in your image. And before any relationship, God, I was made to be in relationship with you. God, I've been looking for you my whole life. Thank you that you pursued me. of my sins God I confess them to you all the ways that I fell short but I don't need to bring my report card God because Jesus is my righteousness he lived the sinless life he lived the perfect life for me so even though my report card says F I get an A on it because it's what Jesus did for me and I believe that by faith Amen